Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. To teach your word, thank you because your people are anointed to receive and to get our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Alright, so I believe, and I want you to pay very close attention, I believe that this message is fundamental to you getting a lot of things right in your life. Outside, we've been dealing with the concept of salvation in our local church for a while now, a couple of Sundays, but listen very carefully, and like I said before, that's why I really didn't want us to go all live streaming and all that, because I really want to speak my heart to you, and I really want to be free to share certain things with you. For two reasons. Number one, um, outside of accepting the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, listen carefully to this, the next most important decision in your life is who you're going to marry. In fact, that decision will determine many things in your life. Many things. Who you are going to get married to. Are you following this now? Outside of Jesus being your personal Lord and Master. Because right now, you are going to have another Master. (laughs) Or you are going to be mastering over someone. You're not going to assume responsibility over someone or you're going to commit your life because actually what marriage is, is that you're committing part of your life. We're assuming two people coming together now. You are actually committing your life to someone. So one of the questions you should ask yourself very importantly is this. Is this person worthy of my committing my life to? Are you still there? Very sobering thoughts. Very sobering thoughts. And so, the, the subject of relationship must be handled with care. Because we are living in a generation where relationship is, is, like, is, like, is, is like smartphones. Everybody has to have one. And it's a big problem. It's a big problem. And I always tell people this. I believe strongly that a lot of young people commit too early in relationship and they spend their life emotionally drained. Are you following this? Before they actually find who to get married to. I got married very, very early. And, um, and I, I kind of had a sense of my purpose. And I didn't double into relationships. I got married at about 24, 24, 25. That's when I got married. But I wasn't, it wasn't like I tried this one, it didn't work. I tried this one, it didn't work. I, you are not a mechanic. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, listen carefully. And like I said, I want to speak my heart to you. The reason you're trying many relationships is because you're not wise. And so, you, you feel lonely. So you think a girl 
or a boy would fix that loneliness instead of you to fix it in the word so you go for a relationship. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They, they, they don't treat you well at home. You look for love somewhere. And before you know, you are 30, you are 26, you have had seven exes. And you realize, if you ask the reason why some of those relationships broke down, it's very simple. I've been calling, 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 calling. Is your limit that is calling? If he doesn't want to call back, let everybody stay on their own. And that is somebody you committed your life for for two years. Broken over non-return of phone calls. And in that two years, you bought phones, you bought suya, you bought uh, guava, you bought orange. Money gone down the drain. Energy gone down the drain. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you even committed fornication. Something you haven't done before. Two years. And that part of your life, if God does not help you, is irrecoverable. It's gone. And because we are so quick to jump into relationships. So quick. I told someone the other day, I said, find yourself first. Find yourself. Know who you are. Because sometimes you don't even know why you're behaving the way you're behaving. And if you get into a relationship like that, you don't know what the, the, the problem is. You know, have you seen some, some ladies that, or some men, yeah? When things go on, they start crying. <laughs> and then they start quarreling. I was crying, and you did not look at my face. They are writing exam to pass so you can be ready for your future. The girl you are going out with now send you a text that she's not doing again. You now fail an exam. And the implication of failing that exam is that you have a repeat. Extra one year. School fees. Embarrassment. Destiny delayed. Because you are in love. And we're going to define that love today. That's why we call this intelligent love or intoxicating love. Because love has to be intelligence. If not, it will ruin you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I say, are you hearing what I'm saying? So, like I said, I got married early and I was in just two relationships. In fact, the first person I was in a relationship was the person I was going to get married to, except my parents and her parents did not agree and we, 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 we broke up. We broke up. Right? I've, I've told you I'll teach you how to break a relationship peacefully, right? You need to remind me of that. Yeah, you can. You can. Till tomorrow, we still talk. We, we're friends, and my wife knows her. She comes to our meetings, and all that. It's not, it's not the one you broke up with somebody when you see them. You go, we punish you, go, we punish you, go, we punish No, 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 no. The reason that happened is because when both of you entered, it wasn't intelligent. You shouldn't enter a relationship when you cannot as adults. You understand? Bring an end to it. And it has to be clear. This cannot work because of this, 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 this. Okay, if we make this adjustment, can this work? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not like, hey, I don't just feel you again. I don't just feel there's a way. I don't feel you. What is wrong with those of you? It just shows that both of you were not in the, in the first place. You are not even supposed to be together. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, we laugh over these things, but I, don't, I can't tell you how many people sit in church daily and hurt over broken relationships. And that's why a singles forum, I try as much as I can to teach very practical topics. 
So you must understand this now. I said the relationship should have a definite purpose. First of all, there should be a purpose. When we were in school, and I was talking about my story, and then the second relationship I was in was with my wife, and we're married now. Now, the reason the relationship, I wasn't in many relationships, was I had a bit of understanding before going into them. I wasn't trying, and this is the reason why. Before I went into a relationship, I was ready to get married. And I need to emphasize that. Because see, all this boyfriend and girlfriend thing we're doing in church is just, is just sin. To be straight. You are, you are staying in your father's house. Right? You are learning how to do wedding. Uh, you understand that now? Then you say you have a baby. Now, the question I want to ask you is, between both of you, what, what do you want? When are you planning to get married, sir? We are just looking at the next, give or take, roughly, roughly seven years. <laughs> because you are going to learn the work for four years. They will free you in the fifth year. You plan to now open your workshop in the sixth year. They put one or two things together. Those one or two things never have definition. You want to put one or two things together in the sixth year. And then you will now marry in the seventh year. And then you that is a girl, you are saying, I will be patient. I will be patient. For seven years. So, you see, the first thing you need to define before you enter into a relationship, when are we getting married? When is the time? If it's not in a year or two, max three, what are you waiting for? I won't even do three years. Because the truth of the matter is, you shouldn't get into relationships when you're not ready. And how do you know you're ready? We're going to deal with that in another topic. But you must be ready emotionally. Come and say emotionally. You must be ready emotionally. How do I know somebody's ready emotionally? It's not when you see every girl on the streets, your body is shaking. You're not yet emotionally ready. Trouble comes. Because that's why you discover, let me explain this to you now. That's why I discover sometimes people talk about this. You know, I got into this relationship. Yeah, any little thing, people that are married, he will be calling his mother. Any little thing he was calling. The man was not matured before he married you. He cannot take responsibility for decisions. So, you've got to be ready emotionally. Number two, you've got to be ready physically. This is the one we are always ready about. This is our biological readiness, okay? By 14, you're already ready. So this one, everybody's ready for this one. And this is the one that make people take the most to go and get married. Physically. <laughs> you don't know where you're going yet. You don't, you don't have a clear-cut purpose you don't have a clear cut direction. You've not been able to settle certain things in your life and put certain things in order. You have a relationship. Let me explain this to you. A proper relationship is draining. It will drain your time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The time you should be reading, you are chatting. The time you should be doing, you are checking. How are you? Have you eaten? Do you eat a bar? Do you smile? Why are you not happy? Why are you not happy now? Laugh. Laugh for me. Laugh for me. Two hours. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then God just forgives you if the person cuts the car and does not pick. That night is wasted. What did I do? Hi, what did I do now? Hey, try all the number. Now call his brother to call his brother to tell his brother that you are calling him. You see, it's, it's, it's tasking. Are you following? <laughs> it's, it's tasking. Relationship is tasking. Most of us just like the, the, the comment on Facebook. But it's tasking. It'll drain you. It'll drain your finances. Your finances will be split. You have to look after this person. Your time will be split. You have to look after this person. Are you following this now? So it's not something you should hurriedly enter into. Don't allow the fact that your mates are in relationship to push you. You've got to say, are you ready? And that's what I'm saying. If you don't do this, mark my words, you will be multiple relationships in your life. You will be multiple relationships. Because the defining purpose of relationship, first of all, should be married. You know when I talk to most young people and they tell me, and I say, okay, so why are you in a relationship? Most of them don't have a clue. You say, I just like the boy. Uh-huh. Do you know how many people you like in this life? <laughs> have to be emotionally stable, physically ready. You've got to be financially ready. There should be a level of financial stability you should have before you get into a relationship. You, guys, most especially, I absolutely teach that men should be providers. I'm going to have a men's meeting next month called Responsibility. Men should bear responsibility. Okay? should be a level of financial capacity at least. Be able to sort yourself, your rent. Don't bring someone into your life and you know, you are struggling, she's struggling. I'm not saying you should have all the money in the world, but just be able to cover a couple of things. It's not that you married two months after marriage, you are believing for rent. So how do I know you are ready for marriage? Pay your rent at least two years first, successfully. You know, some people will stay in their father's house, stay in their father's house, stay in their father's house, and they marry. They say, when I marry, I will move out. No, move out first. So you can know if you can successfully stay on your own. And that's very deceptive. Because some people just stay, they hang out with their friend, don't worry. You know, and they want to marry next month, then they go and get a house this month. Sometimes you need to see how someone can live alone. They can bear certain things. Are you following this now? Financial, then spiritually. Spiritually ready. You've got to be spiritually ready. My assumption is that I'm speaking to born again Christians who believe in God. Not doing seminar for, not a motivational speaker. You've got to be spiritually ready. Is this man spiritually ready? If the enemy comes against our home, we should be able to, if, if things come, what's the level of spiritual readiness? Okay? For the believer, the relationship should lead to marriage. The relationship should lead to marriage. When Isaac went for Rebecca, it was so they can get married. Joseph and Mary should lead to marriage. It's not just for your sensual senses. Or just to have. And that's why you've got to learn to be able to deal with loneliness. I think one of the greatest disservice we've done in this generation is to just make relationships in such a way that everybody is just hooked up. Some people don't have time for personal reflection. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, talk to me now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some people get into a relationship early so even while before the relationship forms, the person is making you into his image and likeness. You are in relationships. I don't like long hair. So, okay, you are not cutting short hair. So, I like parting on the left side. You are not cutting back. You know, by the time the person is done with you four years, when you come out of that relationship, you don't even know what you like again because for the last four years, you have been living for somebody's likes. And let, let me tell you this, especially for ladies, never get into a relationship with a young man 
who cannot listen to you. That's how abusive relationship starts. Because sometimes I look at couples and I'm like, don't your wife have a voice? Can't your wife say something? I'm the man of the house. So your wife can't suggest anything to you. You, are, you cannot always be right. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you like to go after young girls who you, 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 you get into their life like El Shaddai. Saying, hey, my friend, my friend, my friend, my friend. He said, yes, daddy. And in your mind, you are in a relationship. No, you're not there. You are in a master-slave relationship. Yes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing? You know the reason why? The day you are going to make a mistake, that girl will be too timid to tell you you're making a mistake. You know, there are some things I want to do. My wife will say, you, can't, you won't do this thing. You, you will not do it. Not out of stubbornness, but out of being able to reason. Are you still here? The foundation of relationship is critical. What's the foundation? What is that relationship built on? And let me tell you why relationship that leads to marriage is very important. Let's say you get married at the age of 30. Imagine me. I got married early. 25, 24, thereabout. Then be married for about 12 years, thereabout. And then I'm living up to, let's say, 90. You, can you imagine that from now, let's even assume from this age to the remaining part of my life, I'm just married to one person. Do, do you understand that? You're going to spend the greater part of your life with that person. Regardless of how you have um, lived. Let's say you marry at 30. Even if you live up to be, uh, say, 70, you realize that you are actually spending 40 years with that person, one person. I mean, you know, one person cannot pretend for 40 years. And another shocker, that body will not remain the same for 40 years. We're going to talk about that. So if you're married because you just like her hips, see, ah, that, ah, man, that hips, hips set. No problem. It will unset. By the time you are done. Are you following what I'm saying? So several years after, you, re- you realize that the hips don't set anymore then the reality of life will dawn on you. And you see, that's why people begin to commit adultery and begin to make excuses for it. Because you know why? In the beginning, what drove them to their wife was their breast, their buttocks, their lips, how the swag, how everything. So by the time they have exhausted all the futures in the woman and the woman have given birth and she's just there, they look at the breast and are like, no, nothing is standing here anymore. Let's go look for standing ones. And then they are not in the house anymore. He says, ah, the man, he used to respect me. I used to be his handbag. Yes. God didn't create you to be somebody's handbag. He created you to be a partner with someone to fulfill a vision. At the end of the day, it's the combined vision both of you have that will drive you. Trust me when I say this. The foundation of relationship is critical. Because you're going to spend the rest of your life with this person. And it's got to be. And that's why... (laughs) You know, I've got several titles I want to teach singles. And I'm glad we're back with our singles meeting. One of the things I want to teach is red flags. That's why in relationship you must watch out for red flags. There are certain things. Let me tell you this. And mark my words, and this is absolutely true. 
I've pastored for 10 years. I've cancelled marriages. I've sat over marriages that were broken. I've sat over divorce cases. I've sat over where people say, listen, we are not married again. <laughs> and you know what I realized? Everything that caused the marriage to break, they already knew before they got married. They had the assumption that the person would change. This is good news. People do not change. Except by the help of the Holy Spirit. So you cannot marry someone or go into a relationship with someone and say, I hope to change the person. No, sir. No, sir. You're not the Holy Spirit. No, ma. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if you discover certain signs in the relationship, early enough, ask questions. Talk. Talk. Don't just say, he likes me. He likes me. No, 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 no. It's not an issue of like. Even the dog in the house likes you. That's why it runs after you anytime you come. This is not just a, an emotional feeling of like. It's got to be intelligent because your whole life, your whole purpose, your whole destiny is got to be wrapped up in this person's life now. And that's going to be very important. See the way I travel all the time. I do preaching. I mean, those of you who work for me or you're around me, volunteers who come to the office, you see how hard we work here. I don't think if I married somebody else who is not like my wife, most probably, I'll do as much as I'm doing. Because for every success in anybody's life, whether the woman or the man, one person has got to pay the price. One of the things that I would, I, I said I was never going to, and, and that's why I took my time because when my friends, some of my friends were getting to a relationship at 100 level, I was just looking at them. So I had my sales set. Number one, I told myself I will not get into a relationship in school until I'm, I graduate. Until I graduated, no relationship. Were there temptations? Absolutely. Did I overcome them? Yes, sir. Because I knew where I was going. Some people enter a relationship, broke in 200 level. Enter another one, broke in 300 level. Enter another one, broke in final year. It took, took one, so I said, in, in five years, five relationships. Those things don't leave you the same. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Then you have like three guests swearing for you daily. Anytime they see you on Facebook, it no go better for you. Your children, I curse your children. <laughs> Fighting the devil is enough. You don't want, want curses from women. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying. Or men, the same way. I mean, vice versa. So first of all, you have to ask yourself, am I ready? Do I, am I ready for this undertaking? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or you get into a relationship early, and then you mature in the next four years, and re- discover that your taste, and your, your, what you really want in life is changing, then it becomes difficult for you to tell the person to go, because you're emotionally bound. That's why I need to warn you very carefully, especially those of you on social media. You get into a relationship today, the whole world is, is aware. You have gone to a studio, tie, tie, tie yourself, eh? wear, wear the same t-shirt. They love teens. And they say, congratulations, congratulations, more grace to you, more oil to you. Ooh, wow, 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 600 likes. Tomorrow, you realize that this will not work. How to break it now is a problem because you have posted love teens. And there are many people still stuck in relationship because they don't know how to pull out. It's too much exposure. Boasting of relationship on Facebook as if you people are married. Chasing each other. Go, go on a tree. You will hold the branch. He will hold the branch here. And what? what? <laughs> I mean, what? 
and you and thank God for faith. Say, wow, wow, congratulations. Love sign, wow, 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 Lord shining all over the eye. I'll tell you this, right? I'm sorry to use this example. It's not an example I should use. I'm sorry to use it, but I'll use it. How many of you have heard of the Sylvester Alfori case? The, the prophet in Ghana, Prophet Sylvester Alfori. You've heard of the case, right? Got married to this woman. If you watch their wedding, I wish I had that video. Don't worry, I'll play in next class. If you watch their wedding, you know those wedding where they will video the shoe. Massive, nice, explosive wedding. <laughs> you know what I'm referencing? Because I want to talk about intelligent love now. Down the line, the man is in jail as, as we speak. You know what he did to the woman? Shot the woman seven times. Shot her dead. If you go to Facebook, you see all their beautiful pictures. Awesome pictures. Awesome. You see pictures that you'll be praying. I, I, I receive. I receive. Be careful what you receive. Because it's not usually as it seems. This life is your life. Don't play with it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is your life. Don't be quick to hand it over. Take time. Pray. Seek the counsel of God. Seek the counsel of Mendos. Those feelings of emotions, they will wear away. The reality of life will show up. How do you move from having such an awesome wedding, expensive wedding, and in less than how many years, this woman leaves your house, you go to her workplace, and you shoot her seven times. I've told you about love, lust, and lies. When you love somebody by lust, and that lust, that thing changes, it will become anger. The scripture says, the hatred with which he hated her was much more than the love that he had in the beginning. So you need to, to, to be careful about this. Now, I'll say something here now. Love is a commitment that will be tested in the most vulnerable times. Love is a committed a commitment that will be what? Tested. Come on, everybody say tested. So when you say you love someone, it will be tested. How many of you know the love of God for us was tested? God had to prove it. And let me tell you this. Anybody who tells you that if you love me, you will sleep with me, that is a big red flag. Run away. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? The test of love is not sexuality. It's not sex. Because we have a sex reading culture. We've got to deal with that. Because we have a culture that promotes that. Let me tell you this. You got to tell yourself this. Until I find the right person, I'll be content. And you have to tell yourself that. Don't, don't like, I'm getting old. I'm not younger anymore. And rushing. Have to be careful. Because it breaks my heart. The, the marriages and issues I'm having to deal with people. And the reason is just because people are not taking their time. Because even after getting married, you have to keep working on it. You have to keep the commitment. And we have to tell you this now before you get inside. Because then people get in and they're like, wow. We didn't know it was this much. Because they don't show you all of that in films. 
What did they show you in film? Oh, marry this person. Oh, punka. They went to the restaurant. They ate. He bought ice cream. Came back. Kissed. You know, when you get married, a time will come. You go to work. Your boss will shout at you. Realize there's no money in the house. You forget to kiss your wife when she opens the door. And she always say, hey, leave my front. <laughs> you went to the bed. At that point, your love will be tested. I'm not saying you should do that, but I'm just telling you that's the truth. The children will come. School fees will need to be paid. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, in your mind, just like, man, when I get, you know, I was telling, I, I read something one of my pastor friends wrote, that was the truth. He said that before he got married, it was just like, we're going to have pillow talks. We're going to do, you know, all those fancy things you have in your mind. Once I get married to my husband, ah, every time he rains, we'll not go outside, we'll just be inside cuddling. The man, we, we die in boot and go and look for money. Because by the time you now get married, you know what the next agenda how are we going to take care of these children? And that's why people also make the mistake and they jump into people who are wealthy who don't value them. Because they want to lie. I want to get married. I don't want to have concern over finances. And that's why if you're a lady here, one of the first things you should do is start developing yourself and your financial capacity. Are you hearing me now? Go and learn a trade. Go and see, be able to take care of yourself first. Stop receiving free gifts. And it's not the favor of God. You just put your life, the phone you are using, somebody bought it, hair tie, everything, your bra, everything, every. I just thank God. This is my life. I don't, I don't, I don't pay for anything. They're just, they're just giving me things. They're just giving me things. You now look at how can I tell the person no? Have you heard that? I mean, have you heard? I don't know how to tell him no. He's been very good to me. No, he's been good to you because you've not been good to yourself. It's not everything you should receive. You should learn to say no. Even though you have need of it. It's called self-control. Stop harassing people over your birthday. Stop all those harassment. See, life is more than these things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? From day one, from day one, one of the decisions I made about my birthday, I said, listen, I want to live a life so much that it is other people that will remember my birthday and will celebrate me. That has been my day. I mean, I've consciously never celebrated any of my birthday in the last how many years I've been alive. Consciously never. Do you know people remember Nelson Mandela's birthday? Do you know people remember Martin Luther's birthday? To live a life in such a way that even if your family members forget you, your community cannot forget that you lived. That should be your driving force. There's nothing wrong with celebrating birthday. You know what I'm saying? But those are some of the little, little things that make you to collect things you should not collect and put yourself in places you shouldn't put yourself in. So, romance has to be transcended by strong will and a degree of commitment. So the whole thing about marriage is not a uh, relationship is not just about romance. Okay? It's not just about I mean, should you marry somebody you don't like or you don't feel an attraction to? Absolutely no. Emotions and will should should be together. But your I want to read this quote by Ravi Zacharias. Love is a commitment that will be tested in the most vulnerable areas of spirituality. A commitment that will force you to make some very difficult choices. It's a commitment that demands that you deal with your lust. 
You deal with your greed. You deal with your pride. You deal with your power. You, your desire to control. Your temper. Your patience. And every area of temptation that the Bible clearly talks about. It demands the quality of commitment that Jesus demonstrated in his relationship to us. Do you realize something now? That by the time you get into a relationship, even your, your desire to be in charge will be tampered with. You know, are you aware of what I'm saying? Your independence as a lady. You can decide you want to come. Let's say you're married now. You can decide, oh, I like that singles program. I'd want to go and learn. And your husband says, don't go anywhere. You realize you cannot come here. Come on now. And then, that's why sometimes I get amazed when people are single and they have already chained themselves to a relationship. <laughs> I remember I was in school that when I wanted to go for a meeting. So, I told uh, one of our friends, uh, she was a lady. I said, well, let's go for that meeting. He said, my guy will not agree. You know, in my mind, you know, <laughs> I was very funny in school. So I said, your guy, like, who is the guy? You know, when she said it, she said it with, you know, like, you people are g- g- guyless. I know that. I'm like, who is the guy? I was one guy in my class. I said, why will he not allow you to go to that meeting? He said, he doesn't want me to just be going to certain places. I said, we're going to a meeting to learn. He said, he said, I should not go. I said, do you know why he said you should not go? He said no. And then he does not know the value of that meeting. Do you understand? You are taking advice from someone who doesn't know the quality of... He can't allow you. He's, he's, the capacity of his brain cannot see the reason. Do you understand? He thinks we are going to waste time. So he said, uh, no. I, I said, okay, no problem. Tell him that next week we are having a beach party. We're going to the beach. We just want to go to the beach. Just relax. Just, I said, tell him that. And hear what he will say. So he went, so he called them. There was no phone. So he told the person who came to class. I said, what did he say? He said, eh, so that's why I should not even go for this one. So that I, can, I will not be stressed. We cannot go for the beach. I said, you are you see, when you have decided to go along with somebody whose life is in the present, your future is jeopardized. So it stops you from an empowering program, but finds it okay to just go and relax in the beach. Because his concept of love is wearing bikini and short knicker and lying by the, bridge, the beach on that coconut and drawing straw. You'll say, life, life is good. <laughs> you don't realize that that place is paid for. You, you think all those beaches you see, right? I mean, beaches in the sense of blue waters, People lying down with coconut. You think it's like Finima Beach? <laughs> Are you what I'm saying? That's why when you go to Finima Beach, you now have to do Photoshop at the back and lie to, to fit in because that level of life requires level of financial substance that maybe our whole generation will not be able to afford. If your father realized that you are going to beach with woman, your father will kill you. Like this beach you are going to is foundation for house. <laughs> yes, I mean, that's just why they said, by the way. But what I'm trying to say is this. You have to go out with somebody who understands the future and understand the steps you can take today to be able to get into the future. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Because some people get into relationships with very intelligent and awesome girls who's got potential and some boys' self-esteem is so weak they will use their authority in the relationship to 
tamper the potential of those girls and by the time they are done with them, the dreams of those girls are already buried. All in the name of relationship. Why would you do that? How would you do that? Not every man can stay with a very successful woman. So men can be intimidated. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? Not every man will cultivate your potential. It's the same thing with a woman. Do you realize that when you're successful, you expose yourself to a lot of things? Not everybody will be comfortable with it. They will not tell you, but they might not be comfortable with it. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you learning something this evening? Look at this now. Let me say some. These are quotes. I've not even entered my notes. Here. These are just quotes I wrote. <laughs> the easiest part of a marriage is the wedding ceremony. That's the easiest part. The wedding. Because then you have people's contribution. After the wedding is the marriage. So, what you should prepare for is the marriage. And your relationship is to lead you to what? To the marriage. So, let's look at this now. Let's look at this now. Let's look at this now. Marriage is not a commercial enterprise in which you replace the spare tires of a car with another one when it's getting bad. Actually, as believers, our marriage was designed by God to be eternal. Do you realize this now? Let me, let me do a play of, of, of words here. Do you realize that actually it was Eve that caused Adam to sin? I'm going to talk on responsibility. Every man, if you know any man alive, let them come next month. I want to teach men on responsibility because it's something we don't teach men now. We just leave. But you know what responsibility is? And that's the scripture I'm going to start. You know what responsibility is? Responsibility is that if I am married to... <laughs> I wanted to say something. I won't say it. You know? If I'm married to this lady, okay, you know what responsibility is? Is that when she makes mistake, I bear the consequences with her. That is when I have come to a place of maturity in marriage, relationship. Because Adam was driven out because of the decision of Eve. At least he made that decision. So he had to bear responsibility for it. Come on, are you following me now? Responsibility. So you want to follow a man that can bear responsibility. It's not just about paying bills. And that's why you realize after a while, when some people are married, the man will be blaming the woman. It's you, it's you, this child, is the way. You realize that if if a child turns out, no matter how the child turns out, as a father, I should assume responsibility. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, my son did something one day, and I had to sort him out. So when he did the thing, my wife was like, Oh, what happened? I said, Don't worry. So I took him to the office. My son is 11. I took him to the office. I said, sat, I said Sit down. The man sat down. I didn't beat him. I gave him 35 minutes father son talk. And it was clear if you make these decisions consistently like this, you will fail. Do you want to fail? No. The man started crying. Because, he said, You know, at the end of the day, I told him, Listen, listen, as I'm here now, I am done. You are becoming a man. What you do with your life is how it will end up. 
Do you understand? I can as well just go and say, you see, you are, and, and I'm busy in the office. And no, no. However my son turns up, I can't look at my wife and blame her. Because I was there. Some of you know what I'm talking about because your, your fathers blame your mother for the way you turned out. Even though you turned out like this. Just a bit of like this. See, that's why they're harassing your mother. They're harassing your mother for your decisions. And that's not responsibility. So the first thing you want to check as you're going into a religion is this person somebody who assumes responsibility. Example, how do you know when there's a crisis in the relationship, how does he address it? You've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to be able to deal with conflict. When conflict comes up, is it that both of you will just off your phone? Nobody talks? Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hello? Hello? You there there? Yes. <laughs> hey, talk now. Talk now. <laughs> Later. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Okay. They ring again. Number switched off. They see what will not happen. Listen very carefully to what I'm teaching. See what will not happen. Next time you call. Eh, I was calling. Your number was switched off. Why will you switch off number? No, it's not the number that was switched off that is the problem. There was a problem before the number was switched off. Talk about that problem. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Then before you know, oh, yeah, come. Oh, yeah, come. You two, they do. You come, start kissing. Ah, my love. My sugar. Now, both of you have not dealt with that problem. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't use fornication to cover up conflict. Sex is not a conflict resolution technique. They say, just forget, don't forget it, just forget, just forget, we are together, we are one. <laughs> it's not just it. Any problem not resolved will raise head again. Are you following what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you, are you here? Just deal with this thing now. So what's intelligent love? I'm getting to my note now. What's intelligent love? What does the word intelligent mean? It means having or showing intelligence, especially of a high level. Intelligence means the ability to acquire, look at this now, and apply knowledge. So you know how to acquire and apply knowledge. You know how to acquire and apply knowledge. Relationship is both rewarding and draining. You have to count the cost. Relationship is rewarding and relationship is what? Draining. Come on, everybody say rewarding and draining. Praise God. Relationship is both what? Rewarding and draining. It will, there are rewards and it will drain you. you Sometimes you just get tired. I just want to be alone. Say, you can't be alone. Oh, you have entered. <laughs> you, know you know, sometimes, myself and my wife, we just look at like, ah, these kids. They are your children. Not like that, but you know, sometimes you just want the house to just be quiet. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The house not be quiet. You're running, running, running everywhere. So, it's both rewarding and draining. So, you have to make sure you're receiving and giving value. If you're not giving value, you drain, drain, drain you. Courtship. Courtship, wedding, and marriage. I, I wrote this down in my notes. Courtship, wedding, and marriage. Just give me a couple of minutes. Courtship, wedding, and marriage. Now, for the first few years, you know, there's this let's put it this way. There's courtship. From courtship you get a wedding, which is the event, and then you get into marriage. Now, if you break marriage into 15 years, for instance, the first five years there are phases you will go through. 
And in the second five years, the other phases you go to, and then the third five years. Now, the first five years usually is usually very smooth, very, very fine. You know, that's when you are still in love. You are still wearing and cool. You know, I mean, it's not like your love should go down. But you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, this is the person you've been waiting for. Oh, you're doing all of those stuff. Then when you're getting up to the end of that first five years, then uh, things dynamics are changing now. The wife is pregnant. Uh, the baby is here, your baby is three, you know, you're dealing with children. If you are a super striker, maybe you've got like three kids already in five years, you know, Aguero kind of players. I mean, you're just like, let's have all of them once. So you've got three kids in the house, and then the woman is battling with the emotion of three children, breastfeeding, maybe two is natural birth, one is CS, she's got Max here, she doesn't want to open her tummy again. You know, she's dealing with all of those things, has to cook and all of this stuff. Those strain will begin to show. You've got to learn how to manage that phase now. And then you get into the phase which we are in now, uh, the next phase that gets into your 15 years, which is the phase that we're in now, myself and my wife. Your kids are becoming, almost becoming teenagers if you give birth early. You're right, my son is 11, going to 12. There's already teenage tendencies. You know, the man... He's struggling between being a man and a child. So, you know, I remember one time, uh, some of our family friends were, were having birthday. So, uh, my wife said we should do video call on birthday for them. So, we did the WhatsApp video. So, we asked him to come, to come and sing birthday song. He said, ah. you know, so the way he just responded, and I told my wife, he said, don't be asking this guy to do all those, you know, all those, all those children things again. The man is becoming a man. You've got to make that adjustment. So I speak to him. Come work with me in the office. Come do this for me. So I send him an errand. So you realize that when I send him an errand, he feels like, yes, a man like me is sending me. You understand what I'm saying? I'm telling you now. All right? So I tell him, do the stuff. Come, man, do the stuff. Do this. You know, so he feels that. Now, it's a face. You've got to deal with that. I hear what I'm saying. Sometimes we have to tell him, come out of the room, because now he's got his own room. He wants to be on his own. You know, one day I was in the room, and I was hearing noise everywhere. I said, what's going on? He said, he's rearranging his room. Now, the, the rearrangement didn't make sense to me in that sense, because, I mean, there's a reason I said the bed should be here, because of the, but this man has turned everything. I'm like, you know what? Let him rearrange the room, so that when he enters, he feels that this is my room. Now, I'm using that example. But this is what that happens. If the man and the wife don't have the same value system, that child's growth will not bring quarrel between them. It will not be, I want the child, but you're always, now trouble has started. So for the teenage period, some of you know that because that's what you cost your father and mother. Some of the teenage period, instead of becoming a period where the man and the wife put their hands together to raise the child, the child becomes a source of conflict. Come on, how many of you follow what I'm saying? That now becomes a strain between the man and the wife because the man and the wife now have different values as by raising the child. That's why when you want to get into a relationship, one of the questions you need to answer is how what are our values in raising the children? We should have the same value. If not, you would want to impart this value to the child. Your wife thinks this should impact a different value. And now you are the conflict because you cannot raise the child the way you think the child can be raised. The woman cannot raise the child and then that becomes a source of conflict. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Does it make sense? Yeah. Even if it doesn't, it, it is true. Do you understand this now? Listen, I'm sharing my heart with you. I'm not, I'm not trying to impress you. If you would take these lessons, they will save you. So what is the value system? Do we agree on the same thing? So you realize that the values we agreed on before we got married or we were in a relationship that we fine-tuned are the values we are now going to impact on the children. Do you understand this? Let me give you an example. Do you realize that if, let's say, I'm married to this lady now, right? Do you realize that if both of us don't have the same value system in dressing, this is what's going to happen. She, let's, let's, let's say Ruth now, okay? Bring my stuff, bring my things down. Let's say I'm married to her now. And both of them are children. You know, it doesn't look like this. Small, have you seen small women that give birth to big brothers like this? <laughs> stand up so that you can know your mother. Okay. <laughs> okay, stand. I want to give you an example. Thank you. I want to give you an example. Stand, you stand. So let's assume, right? Both of us are married. But then we have different value system in dressing. I want to give you an example. You realize that if we don't deal with that, she might cover it just to be in a relationship with me. Right? Now, this is what will happen. When this child now grows up, she will want this child to dress like the way she really thinks a young girl should dress. And what will now happen? There will not be a conflict between me and her regarding the dressing of this child. Come on, how many of you have... You understand what I'm saying? It will not be a problem. The, now, this is what will happen. Listen very carefully. Don't miss this point. This is where the problem will not be. I will now feel she's spoiling this girl. And then I will take my hands off her. Where I'm supposed to put fatherly impute, I will res- restrain that fatherly impute from her. Now, understand this. At a point in every girl's life, they need that fatherly male impute. She will now seek for that in the life of her boyfriend. What will now happen is that this boyfriend too, wherever his values is coming from, will begin to form. So even though this girl is under my roof, she's actually being raised by her mother and her boyfriend. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sit down, thank you. You understand this now? So it means that when it even comes to simple stuff as dressing, we need to talk about values. What's your value? Are you following this now? So, that's why when you're in a relationship, these are the conversations you should have. It's not that, do you like me? Do you, you already, we, see, the fact that you're talking to anybody, the truth of the matter is tendency, there's 20%. Like, anybody you don't like, you don't answer them. So, the fact that you're even asking if you like me means the person already likes you. The conversation now should move to the level of intelligence. Let's talk dreams. Let's talk goals. No assumptions. And that's why as a girl, I always tell you the time, don't assume somebody's liking you. Say the way he's liking my picture. Every time I post, he will just like. Every time I post, he will just like. Okay, keep quiet. Go ask them straight. This is your liking. Does he have anything? <laughs> so you are not under the illusion that somebody is in love with you. You know, when I, when I cancel ladies, I've left my wife to be counseling ladies now because when I cancel ladies, I'm very straightforward. Very straightforward. 
I've already prepared a template for my daughter. I've already prepared a template. Anybody that wants to marry you, answer these 10 questions for me. If you can give me answers, 7 out of 10, it's fine. I'm okay. It's simple. There's no, it's not whether you have money, you don't have money. Because money can be made and it can be lost. Do you understand that? You can be rich today and be poor tomorrow. You can be poor today and be rich tomorrow. Just simple questions that will reveal where your heart is. Because this thing called love can be talked about. It can be intelligent. It, 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 it shouldn't just be emotional. It shouldn't just be intoxicating. Will that happen? Yes, it will. But I've given you a simple secret in this life. Anybody you talk to constantly, you will grow to love. <laughs> Are you hearing this? Anybody? If, you, if any, I mean, it's very simple. If, if you, you shouldn't experiment it, yeah, but no, don't worry. <laughs> then you have got to be led by the Spirit. To be led by the Spirit is to be led by the Word. The Word is the highest form of intelligence. I'll, I'll teach for the next 10 minutes and then we'll take questions and answers. Now, to be led by the Word is the highest form of intelligence. So if I subject my relationship to the Word, it means I've subjected my relationship to a level of intelligence. Do you understand this now? Come on, are you following me now? So I can subject my relationship to the intelligence of the world. Of the word, sorry, the word of God. Now, what does it mean to intoxicate? Let's look at this. What does it mean? When I talk about intoxicating, what's the first thing that comes to your mind now? Drunkenness. Perfect. Now, what? <laughs> I know some of you are, are masters. <laughs> Do you watch that film, Drunken Masters? Do you watch that film? Do you know? Can I tell you one funny thing? I heard the film, I heard the name of the, that film, Drunken Masters, for a long time, that in my mind, I think I've watched it. But I really never watched it. <laughs> I mean, I've heard stories of what happened in the film, up to the point that I'm thinking I've watched it, but I've never really watched it. But what does drunkenness tell you? It tells you of someone who is under the influence, for instance, of alcohol. So what happens when a person is drunk? His senses are suspended, and he's in, under the influence of what? That substance. So that's what, that's what we're talking about. That's the summary of what we're talking about. It's either love will pass through the rationalization of your intelligence or love will intoxicate you and then it will suspend your sense. And once it suspends your sense, then there's danger. And that happens most of the time. And one of the prayers you should pray, I heard a senior minister say this, and I, I, I recommend, just pray that your child does not fall in love with the wrong person because even you, can become an enemy. You know, nowadays they'll tell you, Daddy, are you coming for the word? They say, No, they'll just carry one of their other brother. You say, You are my father. And they will get married. So <laughs> it means that at that point, now it's in the scriptures. Let me show you down. Go to Proverbs 30, verse 18. Let me show you something. Here. Come on, are you learning something this evening? All right. Proverbs chapter 18. You know, funny enough, <laughs> growing up, I really never attended relationship meetings like this or single meetings like this. Uh, but I read a lot. I read a lot. Ooh, I read. I read a lot. I read. And uh, I think that helped me quite a bit. Proverbs 30 verse 18. Are you putting it up? It's okay. I'll just read from my scriptures. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 18. Okay, there are three things which are too wonderful for me 
Four, which I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the sky. The way of a serpent on a rock. Solomon said, I don't understand these things. They are too wonderful. The way of a man, of a ship in the middle of the sea. And he says, the way of a man with a maid. Or the way of a man with a woman. Solomon says, I don't understand. And the next one, he says, the fourth one. He says, this is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I've done nothing wrong. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's why you find we live in a society in which, in quotes, a side chick will be boasting and be almost fighting as if he's legally married to the man. That's what Solomon is saying. These things are not, say an adulterous woman wipes her mouth and says, I've done nothing wrong. And you hear very silly statements. If you can take care of your husband, why is your husband looking outside? That's Proverbs 30, 20. But let's go to the verse before this. We're not dealing with that now. It says, the way of a maid with a woman. Now, why was Solomon talking about this? Because love has intoxicating power. And you realize that when you are in love with somebody, you have strategy to do all things. If, you know, some of you think you are not very poetic. I can't write poem. What is the poem? And by the time you fall in love, you are, you are more than Shakespeare. Exactly. That word of knowledge is correct. Are you following this now? Some of you feel you don't have money now. Until you are in a relationship. If you calculate all the things you have bought for the girl you are in a relationship with, you discover that you are a wealthy man. Who does not know? The eyes of your understanding needs to be enlightened to know the riches that you have. Calculate. Surprise birthday party. 40k has gone. I say, ah, I say, no, no, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing, forty thousand is nothing. Are you following what I'm saying? It says it's the way of a man with a maid. So I discover that an adulterous man will be training someone in school and be buying car and be buying phones, and his family has not eaten. It's the way of a man, and a woman. Solomon says, it's too wonderful. Are you following this? I mean, these are things we, should, we need to talk about now. We're not pretending as if these are not... Some of us didn't go to school because of the consequences of a man and a woman. And Solomon can advise you. If Solomon says he does not understand the man of the, the way of a man and a woman, and he had 1,000 women, you should know that you have no idea how to understand this thing. Solomon, after 1,000, say... I don't understand. And you know why he made this statement? Because Solomon, when he got to the throne, prayed to God to give him a heart of understanding to lead God's people. But you know what happened? 1,000 women succeeded in turning Solomon's heart from the Lord. This was a man who got into the throne by the mercy of God. But by the time they were done with him, the man was worshipping foreign gods. So he wrote, say, the way of a man and a woman I don't understand. So you need to know who you're going to commit your life to. If not, you too will not understand. Every relationship you get into will change your life. Either for the good or for the better. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I know you feel you are ready. I know you feel you love this. I know in your spirit, in your dream you feel. But calm down. And take your time. To make those decisions. It will help you. So let's look at this now. Two decisions. 
two decisions that David made. Let's look at intelligent decision. I'm just going to talk about it because of our time. I really want to finish this. Yeah? We're all Bible students, so we know what happened. So I'm going to give you the story. Do you remember Abigail? David and Abigail? We're not going to read anymore. We'll just talk. Okay? Do you remember David and Abigail? Come on. How many of you remember David and Abigail? What happened about David and Abigail? When um, Abigail... Is David and Abigail? Am I right? Who married Nabal? Abigail. Yeah, Abigail. First Samuel 25. Right? Abigail married Nabal. What did Abigail say about Nabal? He says, as, <laughs> as his name is, come on, he says, so is his foolishness. Hey, come on, how many of us know that story? Our time is gone, I don't want us to read it, but how many of you know the story? What was the simple thing that made the woman to make this conclusion? Look at this. David's men came to ask her for just food. The man said, who are you? Touch roughly. Listen carefully to what I'm saying tonight. Don't miss this. The servant went to meet the woman and said, Listen, David sent men. And our master responded roughly. Say, You need to find David. Even I'm sure we're going to be dead. That means even the servant knew that the man was a fool. The servant, you know, is is like you married a man. Then your house girl knows that Madame married a fool. You, you understand? So when you have now made foolish decisions, house help we now go and tell Madame say, Oh God don't, oh God don't mess up again. Do you understand? You understand what I'm saying? Now, you understand what I'm saying? The, the, this, the servants knew that the man was a fool. It's not that just Bible that it was just the woman that knew. No. This was a fool that was known both to the wife and to the servants in the house. But she was stuck. And listen carefully to this. The foolishness of his decisions would have almost costed their lives. Listen carefully to this and don't ever miss this. The decisions of the person you marry will either cost your life or will make your life. Some of you have parents today who never fulfilled potentials because of who they married. You know! And then unfortunately, because history has a way of repeating itself, you are in a hurry to make that same decision. But I like David. When David heard that Naba was dead, David said, praise the Lord. We shall go and claim the wise woman. But you know what the woman did? Oh, come on. I think I need to do a, a teaching about Abigail. You know what I like about, about what Abigail did? He didn't answer the man. That's a woman who had decided to say, you know what? I've made the bad decision, but I'll make the best out of it. He packed food and went to straight to meet David. He didn't go and meet the man. Say, you see, you will, they will kill us. Say, they will, David, David will kill all of us. We will die. And you will die first. No, no. Because if she does that, it also means she's not wise. So you know what? Because foolishness will always kill you. But what you can do is that you can separate the consequences of the fool. So the fool can die in his own folly. So she ran. And before she saw David, she knelt down and said, My Lord, why would you respond to that fool? The way you <laughs> see, why will you respond? You are bigger than this. This is food. Don't worry. 
David turned back. When David heard that Nabal was dead, David went and married Abigail. David went and married Abigail. Ha! I mean, she was rewarded. If you married David, you're a big girl. But what I want to say is this. The signs that Abigail was foolish, the signs that Nabal was foolish would have been there. Let's see another decision. So David made an intelligent decision there. Because he saw that that woman was wise. Do you realize everything about the Proverbs 31 woman? Nothing was said about her beauty? Realize they didn't say anything about her breast? Realize that? Or does that? Did they talk about her breast in your translation? Her buttocks were size 48. Proverbs 31. <laughs> no, they didn't talk about that. Do you realize everything they talked about that woman was something of an internal character? Do you realize that one of the things they even said about the woman was that she wakes up early to prepare food for her servants. They didn't say her servants wake up early to prepare food for her. So he, she wakes up early. And it comes to say that the husband is known at the gate because of her wisdom. Now we put a lot of pressure on Proverbs 31 woman. But we should have written Proverbs 32 men. Because your wife can't be waking up to prepare food and you're still snoring. You should be waking up to go get something done. But we'll leave that for another day. Now, another foolish decision that David now made was in Second Samuel chapter 11. What did he do? He saw Beersheba. Go to Second Samuel. Second Samuel 11. Come on, are you still here? Ah, uh, are you learning something tonight? Alright. Mm. Somebody say, Pastor, what about if I discover that I'm in a foolish relationship? Member, run for your life. Then it happened, second Samuel eleven. Then it happened in the spring at the time when kings go out to battle. Then David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the sons of Ammon and besieged Robert. But David stayed at Jerusalem too. Now when evening came, David arose from his bed, walked around on the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful in appearance. So David sent and inquired about the woman and said, Is that not Bathsheba? I just have a lame, the wife of that. Then David sent messengers and took her. And when she came to him, he lay with her. And when she had purified herself from her uncleanness, she returned to her house. Verse 5, the woman conceived. And she sent and told David and said, I am pregnant. This is one message no boy wants to hear when they are not married. I miss my period. You can reverse that. You <laughs> must get all this text. I miss my period. I said, you Say God forbid. God. You're calling God. <laughs> so she's pregnant. But do you realize that because of that emotional decision David made, listen to this, a curse actually came on his house. He actually killed, listen carefully, he actually killed Uriah. And because of that one blood, God prevented David from building his greatest dream, which was to build a house for God. But how did he make this in decision? Intoxicated love. Saw a woman batting. And of course, that was all she saw. That was all he saw, sorry. But you realize that when they talked about Abigail, we never hear of any evil surrounding Abigail 
Because David made an intelligent decision. Because what attracted David to Abigail was the wisdom of Abigail and the virtues of Abigail. And it was not her body. We don't have a picture. It never tells us how beautiful she was. She had wisdom. But this one, she saw batting. Some of us don't even have to see a lady Betty. Even if she's wearing clothes. Uh, we have been so trained to remove the clothes with our eyes. Your eyes are photoshopped. Oh, this girl is hot. <laughs> Don't worry, it will burn you. So he made, he made that decision. Now write this down quickly now. Intelligent love will run by, by three things quickly. Let me run through this quickly. Can we take a bit of more time? Are we good? Are you tired? Can we take a bit of more time? Say yes if you can. Okay. Even if you say no, I still have the mic. Alright. But thank you for saying yes. Intelligent love will go by three things. Number one, virtues, vision, and values. I'll finish this up in five minutes. Virtues, vision, and and values. In fact, when I was studying this, it is very interesting. Now listen very quickly because I'm going to go fast. Virtues is called moral excellence. Conformity of one's life and conduct to moral and ethical principles. In fact, the field of psychology has four virtues. The field of psychology. Psychologists agree that there are fundamentally four virtues. Number one, prudence. Prudence. The ability to govern and discipline oneself by the use of reason. The person you're going to get married to, are they prudent? For instance, are they prudent with resources? Are they prudent with resources? You marry a man and the guy is just flexing, flexing. He likes to flex. He likes to flex. That's somebody who might never understand the power of investment. And you know, that flexing you are enjoying today might lead your children to suffer tomorrow because the man might burn all his cash and he has no investment for his children. Virtues of prudence. So I think you should check. Is he prudent? Is he prudent? Number two, justice. This is the virtue which regulates men in his dealings with others. Is he just? How does he treat people who are not up to his standard in quotes? Look for those things. You see, I'm glad I'm married. I'm really glad I'm married. Because sometimes when you want to check for certain things, eh? when you and a young man go into the restaurant, right, to eat, he has taken you out. Don't just cover your eyes and your nose and be smiling and be taking selfie. Keep your phone down. Observe how he talks to the man who opened the door. Observe how he's talking to the waiter. When he's bring food, what is it? He will talk to you like that one day. Because one day you will be the waiter in the kitchen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He said, my man only take nonsense. My man only take... Don't worry. He will not take nonsense to you. You, you realize all those things he's doing. Right? You are the one that's going to reap for... Because for the next 60 years, you're going to be in the house. Are you following what I'm saying? And then let me tell you this. This one is straight. If you are in a relationship and the person slaps you once... From that day of the slap, put pause. You know what is pause? Pause everything. Everything first. Because that slap that is once will become beaten after they are giving him certificates. You need to review that. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? He has a way of slapping me, but I just like him. I can't leave him. Don't worry. When we go and pick you from the hospital, you will know that there's a way to leave him. You might leave him in an ambulance, and I'm not joking. Because I don't understand it. Why will a man raise his hands over a woman? It's because they did that in relationship, and he said, listen, if somebody's going to change, sometimes you might not need to change with your life. Let them change. God will sort them out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm a man, and I'm telling you, no matter how angry you are, walk away. Come on, are you still here? Shouldn't even do that if you're a believer, but we have to just say all these things now, because sometimes Paul says things that should not be mentioned among us. It's not being mentioned among us. Fortitude. Fortitude. Brave endurance to go through things. Sometimes life will happen. Sometimes business will crumble. Sometimes things will be tough. You have to understand that does this person have the fortitude? When his last business broke down, how did he respond? Have a check for these things. The next one is what? Uh, temperance. Moderation. Is he moderate in his things? You, you, we've got to go for people who are moderate. Not excessive. Not excessive. Moderate. You know, a friend of mine sent me a quote. My friend Tyre. And I like it. He says, they used to tell us, work hard so you can play hard. He said, that will lead you to being broke. He said, work hard and play little. Modesty. Modesty. Come on, are you still here? Alright, look at this now. So, I listed seven other virtues we can find. Chastity, purity. Do they have a value to purity? Every time they see you, their hands are all over you. Self-control. Because if that person cannot see you without touching you, he might be in a situation tomorrow where he would have the same feelings. Will he be able to restrain himself? Temperance, charity, love, diligence, patience, kindness, humility, vision. I have to look, look at this. In fact, I listed 40 virtues here. Just going to read them, some of them. Determination, dignity, peace, perseverance, purposefulness, tact, temperance, thankfulness, tolerance, trust, truthfulness, understanding, wisdom, being visionary. You've got to have these things. And these are the things you should look for. They will talk about values. What are the values you hold dear? For instance, as an individual, I mean, I prioritize giving to the kingdom. I love giving. And my wife knows that. And we talked about, in fact, that's one of the things we talked about before we got married. Listen, I'm a giver. I'm a giver. I love to give. I love to sow. So, I hope that will not be a problem tomorrow. And we agreed. Until tomorrow is not a problem. So, if you're somebody who likes giving to the kingdom, have that conversation. I mean, I love missions. I love ministry. My wife knows I love ministry. Everybody around me knows I love ministry. So that's why I go on missions. I go on stuff. So imagine now I now get married to somebody who now feels, yeah, I'm going too much. It will become a problem. Now, sometimes the problem in marriages is not that people are bad. It's just that they, have, they are not able to accommodate the progress of vision and purpose. Are you following this now? So, there should be binding values. What are the values that this person holds there? What are values, important and lasting beliefs shared by members of a culture about what is good or bad? 
the person's value should be from the word. Does the person respect the word? What does the word of God say? When you start hearing things like, ah, nobody can talk to me. Once I make up my mind, I've made up my mind. That's a red flag. Because the day when crisis comes in the marriage and somebody wants to talk to him, he will make up his mind on what he wants to do. Don't marry, don't marry any man or woman who doesn't have somebody they respect. Who can? Who, if you tell them, if I call this person, and then they will shiver. Most marriages I have seen that had issues was because nobody could talk to the man. In fact, the, the wife would say that. He does not listen to anybody. And you know what? When they were going out, that was a virtue he was putting out and you accepted. And nobody talked to me. I can do what I want to. I can do what I want to. Say, yes. I like my man to be strong. I like my man to be strong. No problem. Then the day, <laughs> the day we need counsel, you realize that that same thing has become a disadvantage. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There should be at least one person in your life that if they call, there are at least two people in my life that if my wife tells me that, that I will call this person, no matter where the madness I've gotten to, I will rethink. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I'll ask myself, what will those people say to me? I cannot afford to disappoint those people. Are you hearing this now? The last, thing, the last thing here is vision. 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 What's their vision? Where are they going to? Because after all the sex, after all the children, after all the food, after everything, we'll come back to one question. What are we living for? What are we living for? You know, you ask yourself that question. You have the job now. You have the certificate. You have everything. The next question is, what am I alive here for? Question of purpose. So you must communicate the vision. Let's talk about the vision. What did you want to achieve? Have those vision conversation. Are you following what I'm saying? Have those vision conversation. Then intoxicating love. Intoxicating love is sensual. Three X, three S. Sensual. The expression or suggestion of physical, especially sexual pleasure or satisfaction. Gratification of the flesh. Intoxicating love is just it's just so carried away by the sensual senses or sight. Thought, the second thing is sight. What you see. Married someone because of their car, because of their house. Because they've got nice system. The glories of this world. Two things I like. Let me give you the scripture. You write them down. You know, in the temptation of Jesus, the Bible says Satan showed him all the glory of this world. And Jesus said no. He walked away. And I like what Matthew chapter 12 verse 42 said. He said, the queen of the south came from the end of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Queen Sheba did not come because of the beauty of what Solomon had. came for the wisdom of Solomon. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at this now. Then it's sex-driven. Conversation around relationships that are intoxicating. Is it that sensual? Have to do with the flesh? Everything is about outing, this one, that one, this one, that one. Next thing is about sex, or it's just about sight, about things. And let me tell you this. You must make sure that you're looking for virtues, that you're looking for values, that you're looking for vision. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It'll save you. It'll help your relationship. Hmm? Make sure get this message and listen to it again and again. Listen to it over and over and over and over again. Your love has to pass the test of intelligence. Ask questions. Praise God. Ask 
questions. Those difficult questions, ask them. Paint scenarios. Have those conversations. Have a grip. Have an idea of how things will turn out. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright, let's take questions. For how many minutes? Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.